Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 52. Today we are nearing the end of the book of Numbers, uh, a book that's describing the people of Israel as they wander and as they travel through the desert over 40 years. And in these final chapters, we see how God is preparing the way for them to head into the promised land. And we see this kind of preparing the way, not just in the book of Numbers, but in other times throughout the Bible, including at the time of Jesus. And we'll see that in Luke chapter 3, how God prepares the way for Jesus with John the Baptist. And so today's theme, God prepares the way. And so we begin today with Numbers chapter 29. On the first day of the seventh month, you are to hold a holy assembly You must not do any ordinary work, for it is a day of blowing trumpets for you. You must offer a burnt offering as a sweet aroma to the Lord, one young bull, one ram, and seven lambs, one year old without blemish. Their grain offering is to be a finely ground flour mixed with olive oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the bull, two-tenths of an ephah for a ram, and one-tenth for each of the seven lambs, and one male goat for a purification offering to make an atonement for you. This is in addition to the monthly burnt offering and its grain offering and the daily burnt offering with its grain offering and their drink offerings as presented and prescribed as a sweet aroma, a sacrifice made by fire to the Lord. On the tenth day of this seventh month, you are to have a holy assembly. You must humble yourselves. You must not do any work on it. You must offer a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord, one young bull, one ram and seven lambs, one year old, all of them without blemish. Their grain offerings must be of finely ground flour mixed with olive oil, three-tenths of an ephah for the bull, two-tenths for the ram, and one-tenth for each of the seven lambs, along with one male goat for a purification offering, in addition to the purification offering for atonement, and the continual burnt offering with its grain offering and their drink offerings. On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, you are to have a holy assembly. You must do no ordinary work, and you must keep a festival to the Lord for seven days. You must offer a burnt offering, an offering made by fire as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Thirteen young bulls, two rams, and fourteen lambs, each a year old, all of them without blemish. Their grain offerings must be a finely ground flour mixed with olive oil, three-tenths of an ephah for each of the thirteen bulls, two-tenths of an ephah for each of the two rams, and one-tenth for each of the fourteen lambs, along with one male goat for purification offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering with its grain offering and its drink offering. On the second day, you must offer 12 young bulls, two rams, and 14 lambs, one year old, all without blemish, and their grain offerings and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, according to the number as prescribed, along with one male goat for a purification offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering, with its grain offering and their drink offerings. On the third day, you must offer 11 bulls, two rams, 14 lambs, one year old, all without blemish, and their grain offerings and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, according to their number as prescribed, along with one male goat for purification offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering, with its grain offering and its drink offering. On the fourth day, you must offer 10 bulls, two rams, and 14 lambs, one year old, all without blemish, and their grain offerings and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, according to their numbers as prescribed, 
along with one male goat for a purification offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering with its grain offering and its drink offering. On the fifth day, you must offer nine bulls, two rams and fourteen lambs, one-year-old, all without blemish, and their grain offerings and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, according to their number as prescribed, along with one male goat for a purification offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering with its grain offering and its drink offering. On the sixth day, you must offer eight bulls, two rams, and fourteen lambs, one-year-old, all without blemish, and their grain offering and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, according to their number as prescribed, along with one male goat for a purification offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering with its grain offering and its drink offering. On the seventh day, you must offer seven bulls, two rams, and fourteen lambs, one-year-old, all without blemish, and their grain offerings and their drink offerings for the bulls, for the rams, and for the lambs, according to the number prescribed, along with one male goat for a purification offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering with its grain offering and its drink offering. On the eighth day, you are to have a holy assembly. You must do no ordinary work on it, but you must offer a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. One bull, one ram, seven lambs, one year old, all of them without blemish, and with their grain offerings and their drink offerings for the bull, for the ram, and for the lambs, according to their number as prescribed, along with one male goat for a purification offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering with its grain offering and its drink offering. These things you must present to the Lord at your appointed times, in addition to your vows and your freewill offerings, as your burnt offerings, your grain offerings, your drink offerings, and your peace offerings. So Moses told Israelites everything just as the Lord had commanded them. Now I'm just going to do a little quick pause here and a little update here. As you think about all these things that get repeated over and over and over again, you think, I've heard these things and God keeps doing it over and over again. Why does he do this? Well, he's doing it so that they do understand that he takes this seriously. He wants them to do it. And sadly, after all these repetitions and all these times where God says, this is how you are to do it over and over again, you'll read in the stories of the people after they get into the land of Canaan that it doesn't take very long before they stop doing all of these things and they ignore God's ways and don't follow his plans. And so uh, you can look down on the people of Israel when you hear that, or you can look at your own heart like I, I should too and recognize that is what we are like. But that's what's going on as we think about this. Let's continue on. Numbers chapter 30. Moses told the leaders of the tribes concerning the Israelites, this is what the Lord has commanded. If a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath or a binding obligation on himself, he must not break his word. He must do whatever he has promised. If a young woman who is still living in her father's house makes a vow to the Lord or places herself under an obligation and her father hears of her vow or the obligation to which she has pledged herself and her father remains silent about her, then all her vows will, be, will stand and every obligation to which she has pledged herself will stand. But if her father overrules her when he hears about it, then none of the vows or her obligations that she has pledged for herself will stand and the Lord will release her from it because her father overruled her. And if she marries a husband while under a vow, or she uttered anything impulsively by which she has pledged herself, and her husband hears about it but remains silent about it when he hears about it, then her vows will stand and her obligations that she has pledged for herself will stand. But if her, when her husband hears about it and he overrules her, then he will nullify the vow she has taken, and whatever she has uttered impulsively, that she has pledged for herself, and the Lord will release her from it. But every vow of a widow or of a divorced woman which she has pledged for herself will remain intact. If she made the vow in her husband's house or put herself under obligation with an oath and her husband heard about it but remained silent about her and did not overrule her, then all her vows will stand and every obligation which she pledged for herself will stand. 
But if her husband clearly nullifies them when he hears them, then whatever whatever she says by way of vows and obligations will not stand. Her husband has made them void, and the Lord will release her from them. Any vow or sworn obligation that would bring affliction to her, her husband can confirm or nullify. But if her husband remains completely silent about her from the day from day to day, he thus confirms all her vows and all her obligations which he which she is under. He confirms them because he remains silent about her when he heard them. But if he should nullify them after he's heard them, then he will bear her iniquity. I don't know if you just noticed that last part, but the husband's taking responsibility here. If she does something that's wrong and sinful in that vow, and the husband okays it and says okay with it, he's okay with it, it says here at the end, he will bear the iniquity. He will take the punishment. So this is God's way of protecting women from being coerced or from being taken advantage of in that culture. Verse 16, these are the statutes that the Lord commanded Moses relating to a man and his wife and a father and his young daughter who is still living in her father's house. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, exact vengeance for the Israelites from the Midianites. After that, you will be gathered to your people. So Moses spoke to the people and he said, arm men from among you for war to attack the Midianites and to execute the Lord's vengeance on Midian. You must send to the battle 1,000 men from every tribe throughout the tribes of Israel. So 1,000 from every tribe, 12,000 armed for battle in all, were provided out of the thousands of Israel. So Moses sent them to war, 1,000 from every tribe, with Phinehas, son of Eliezer, who was in charge of the holy articles and the signal trumpets. They fought against the Midianites as the Lord commanded Moses, and they killed every male. They killed the kings of Midian in addition to those slain, Evi, Rechem, Shur, Hur, and Reba, five Midianite kings. They also killed Balaam, son of Beor, with the sword. The Israelites took the women of Midian captive along with their little ones and took all their herds, all their flocks, and all their goods as plunder. They burned all their towns where they lived and all their encampments. They took all the plunder and all the spoils, both people and animals. They brought the captives and the spoils and the plunder to Moses, to Eliezer the priest, and to the Israelite community, to the camp on the Rift Valley plains of Moab, along the Jordan River, across from Jericho. Moses, Eliezer the priest, and all the leaders of the community went out to meet them outside the camp. But Moses was furious with the officers of the army, the commanders over thousands and commanders over hundreds, who had come from service in the war. Moses said to them, Have you allowed all the women to live? Look, these people, through the counsel of Balaam, caused the Israelites to act treacherously against the Lord in the matter of Peor, which resulted in the plague among the community of the Lord. Now, therefore, kill every boy and kill every woman who has been intimate with a man in bed. But all the young women who have not experienced a man's bed will be yours. Any of you who has killed anyone or touched any of the dead remain outside the camp for seven days. Purify yourselves and your captives on the third day and on the seventh day. You must purify each garment and everything that is made of skin, everything made of goat's hair and everything made of wool. Wood, sorry. Then Eliezer the priest said to the men of war who had gone into the battle, This is the ordinance of the law that the Lord commanded Moses. Only the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, the tin, and the lead, everything that may stand the fire, you are to pass through the fire, and it will be ceremonially clean, but it must still be purified with the water of purification. Anything that cannot withstand the fire, you must pass through the water. You must wash your clothes on the seventh day, and you will be ceremonially clean, and afterward you may enter the camp. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You and Eliezer the priest and all the family leaders of the community take the sum of the plunder that was captured, both people and animals. Divide the plunder into two parts, 
one for those who took part in the war, who went out in the battle, and the other for all the community. You must exact a tribute for the Lord from the fighting men who went out to battle, one life out of 500 from the people, the cattle, and from the donkeys and the sheep. You are to take it from their half share and give it to Eliezer the priest for a raised offering to the Lord. From the Israelites' half the share, you are to take one portion out of 50 of the people, the cattle, the donkeys, and the sheep from every kind of animal, and you are to give them to the Levites who are responsible for the care of the Lord's tabernacle. So Moses and Eliezer the priest did as the Lord commanded Moses. The spoil that remained of the plunder that the fighting men had gathered was 675,000 sheep, 72,000 cattle, 61,000 donkeys, and 32,000 young women who had not experienced a man's bed. The half portion of those who went to war numbered 337,500 sheep. The Lord's tribute from the sheep was 675. The cattle numbered 36,000. The Lord's tribute was 72. The donkeys were 30,500, of which the Lord's tribute was 61. The people were 16,000, of which the Lord's tribute was 32 people. So Moses gave the tribute, which was the Lord's raised offering, to Eliezer the priest, as the Lord commanded Moses. From the Israelites' half share that Moses had separated from the fighting men, there were 337,500 sheep from the portion belonging to the community, 36,000 cattle, 30,500 donkeys, and 16,000 people. From the Israelites' share, Moses took one of every 50 people and animals and gave them to the Levites who were responsible for the care of the Lord's tabernacle, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Then the officers who were over the thousands of the army, the commanders over thousands, and the commanders over hundreds approached Moses and said to him, Your servants have taken account of the men who are in the battle, who are under our authority, and not one is missing. So we have brought as an offering to the Lord what each man found, gold ornaments, armlets, bracelets, signet rings, earrings, and necklaces to make atonement for ourselves before the Lord. Moses and Eliezer the priest took the gold from them, all of it in the form of ornaments. All the gold of the offering they offered up to the Lord from the commanders of thousands and the commanders of hundreds, and it weighed 16,750 shekels. Each soldier had taken plunder for himself. So Moses and Eliezer the priest received the gold from the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds and brought it to the tent of meeting as a memorial for the Israelites before the Lord. Now the Reubenites and the Gadites possessed a very large number of cattle. When they saw that the lands of Jazer and Gilead were ideal for cattle, the Gadites and the Reubenites came and addressed Moses, Eliezer the priest, and the leaders of the community. They said, Adaroth, Dibon, Jazer, Nimrah, Heshbon, Eliah, Ziba, Zebam, Nebo, and Beon, the land that the Lord subdued before the community of Israel, is ideal for cattle, and your servants have cattle. So they said, If we have found favor in your sight, let us live in this land and be given, and be given this land for your servants as our inheritance. Do not have us cross the Jordan River. Moses said to the Gadites and the Reubenites, Must your brothers go to war while you remain here? Why do you frustrate the intent of the Israelites to cross over into the land that the Lord has given them? Your fathers did the same thing when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. When they went up to the Eshkol Valley and saw the land, they frustrated the intent of the Israelites so that they did not enter the land that the Lord had given them. So the anger of the Lord was kindled that day, and he swore, Because they have not followed me wholeheartedly, not one of the men twenty years old and upward who came from Egypt and will see the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, except Caleb son of Jephunneh and the Canaanite, and Joshua son of Nun, for they followed the Lord wholeheartedly. So the Lord's anger was kindled against all the Israelites, and he made them wander in the wilderness for forty years until all that generation had done that had done wickedly before the Lord was finished. Now look, you are standing in your father's place, a brood of sinners to increase still further the fierce wrath of the Lord against the Israelites. 
For if you turn away from following him, he will once again abandon them in the wilderness, and you will be the reason for their destruction. Then they came very close to him and said, We will build sheepfolds here for our flocks and cities for our families, but we will maintain ourselves in armed readiness and go before the Israelites until whenever we have brought them to their place. Our descendants will be living in fortified towns as a protection against the inhabitants of the land. We will not return to our homes until every Israelite has his inheritance. For we will not accept any inheritance on the other side of the Jordan River and beyond, because our inheritance has come to us on the eastern side of the Jordan. Then Moses replied, If you will do this thing, and if you will arm yourselves for battle before the Lord, and if all your armed men cross the Jordan before the Lord until he drives out his enemies from his presence, and the land is subdued before the Lord, then afterward you may return and be free of your obligation to the Lord and to Israel. This land will be given to you, your possession in the Lord's sight. But if you do not do this, then look, you will have sinned against the Lord, and you will know that your sin will find you out. So build cities for your descendants and pens for your sheep, but do what you have said you would do. So the Gadites and the Reubenites replied to Moses, Your servants will do as the Lord commands. Our children, our wives, our flocks, and all our livestock will be here in the cities of Gilead. But your servants will cross over every man armed for war to do battle in the Lord's presence, just as the Lord says. So Moses gave orders about them to Eleazar the priest, to Joshua son of Nun, and to the heads of the families of the Israelite tribes. Moses said to them, If the Gadites and the Reubenites cross the Jordan with you, each one equipped for battle in the Lord's presence, and you conquer the land, then you must allot them the territory of Gilead as their possession. But if they do not cross over with you armed, they must receive possessions among you in Canaan. Then the Gadites and the Reubenites answered, Your servants will do what the Lord has spoken. We will cross armed in the Lord's presence into the land of Canaan, and then the possession of our inheritance that we inherit will be ours on this side of the Jordan River. So Moses gave the Gadites, the Reubenites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, son of Joseph, the realm of King Zion, of the Amorites, and the realm of King Og, of Bashan, the entire land with its cities and the territory surrounding them. The Gadites rebuilt Dibon, Adaroth, Arar, Atroth, Shofan, Jazer, Jochabung, Beth Nimrah, and Beth Hara as fortified cities and constructed pens for their flocks. The Reubenites rebuilt Heshbon, Iliel, Kiriathiam, Nebo, Baalmeon, with a change of name, and Zimba. They renamed the cities they built. The descendants of Machir, son of Manasseh, went to Gilead, took it, and dispossessed the Amorites who were in it. So Moses gave Gilead to Machir, son of Manasseh, and he lived there. Now Jer, son of Manasseh, went and captured their ta- small towns and named them Havoth Jer. Then Nobah went and captured Kenneth and its villages and called it Nobah after his own name. And so we see the Israelites preparing to head into the land of Canaan, some settling on the one side but promising to fight, and God all along preparing the way. And now we go to Luke chapter 3, where we read about John the Baptist and how he prepares the way for Jesus, the ultimate king. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip was tetrarch of the region of Iteria, and Trachonitis and Licinius were tetrarch, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan River, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one shouting in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley will be filled and every mountain and hill will be brought low and the crooked will be made straight 
and the rough ways will be made smooth, and all humanity will see the salvation of God. So John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You offspring of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Therefore produce fruit that proves your repentance, and don't begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that God can raise up children for Abraham from these stones. Even now the axe is laid at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So the crowds were asking him, What then should we do? John answered them, The person who has two tunics must share with the person who has none, and the person who has food must do likewise. Tax collectors came also to be baptized, and they said to John, Teacher, what should we do? And he told them, Collect no more than what is required to. You are required to. Then some soldiers also asked him, And as for us, what should we do? He told them, Take money from no one by violence or by false accusation, and be content with your pay. While the people were filled with anticipation, and they all wondered whether perhaps John could be the Christ, John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I am is coming. I am not worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clean out his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his storehouse, but the chaff he will burn up with the inextinguishable fire. And in this way, with many other exhortations, John proclaimed good news to the people. But when John rebuked Herod the Tetrarch because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and because of all the evil deeds he had done, Herod added this to them all. He locked up John in prison. Now, when all the people were baptized, Jesus also was baptized. And while he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, You are my one dear son. In you I take great delight. So Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years old. He was the son, as was supposed, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Matat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Janai, the son of Joseph, the son of Matthias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Els, Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of Math, the son of Matthias, the son of Simeon, the son of Josek, the son of Jodah, the son of Jonan, the son of Reza, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kozam, the son of Elmadam, the son of Ur, the son of Joshua, the son of Eliezer, the son of Joram, the son of Mathat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonan, the son of Eliakim, the son of Meliel, the son of Minah, the son of Mathat, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Zalah, the son of Nashon, the son of Aminadab, the son of Adin, the son of Arni, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Zerug, the son of Reu, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Jelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphathax, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalalal, the son of Kenan, the son of Enosh, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. And so there we have Jesus' genealogy, Jesus the King, the son of God. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996, 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved.
Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You're-